Welcome to How to Feel Better with me, Ruth Kudsey. How you feel better is an inside job, and we're going to be delving into ways that you can enhance the way that you feel about yourself and lead a happier and more fulfilling life. I'm Ruth Kudsey, a master certified coach, best selling author, and coach trainer, and I'm delighted to have you here. So I'm delighted to have Alison with me. Alison is a trauma-informed functional medicine expert. Is that right, Alison? Yeah, practitioner. Yeah. Always practitioner, working with Practitioner and expert. <laughs> so I met Alison online. I think it was kind of during the pandemic, and I worked yeah, with her a bit. Yeah. She's um, she's also come and done some some talks for the students at Optimus, and we're going to be really delving into how we as individuals can feel better. So Alison, before we get there, would you like to just share a little bit about your journey and where you are now? Because I know that you've done lots and lots of different things. Sure. Well, yeah, I think it's an ever-evolving journey for me. So I decided to come out of a hotel and entertainment side of things when I was like in my early 20s, late teens, early 20s, and started to to teach as a, a fitness instructor. And then that went on to personal training. And I built a very successful business doing that in person and online in different countries, the UAE, Switzerland, uh, Austria, UK, Channel Islands, and the Isle of Man. And then I decided kind of, it was about 2016, 2015, 2016, I wanted to be more online so I could reach a wider scope. And so I started delving into holistic health coaching and integrative health coaching because I'd had a a car accident, which, you know, could have ended everything. And it was that epiphany moment that I thought, right, okay, there is more to this than just the aesthetics of personal training. It's all about a whole well-being of you know the body mind soul connection that's not separate and bring it together and then I went on to do eating psychology because in my past I've been anorexic bulimic orthorexic all the things um so studied eating psychology and then integrative medicine is with functional medicine so it's about a again holistic approach from taking it back to basics what's the root cause of illness and disease and chronic illness in our body autoimmune issues mental health and I really have the a thing about mental health because people see it as something that's bad so mm-hmm. I think it's mental well-being or brain health more than anything else yeah and it's been an ever-evolving journey and then I decided to most of my clients that were coming to me they were showing issues of illness and chronic illness due to a manifestation of unhealed trauma so that's when I decided to go in and study uh, as a trauma-informed coach. So I had a better understanding. Obviously, when we are a life experience of trauma in ourselves, it doesn't necessarily mean we are equipped or able to coach and work with others unless we understand the psychology and all of the elements that go on. And currently doing a psychology and counseling degree so that I can work even deeper with clients to get to the root cause of what's going on with them really so they can have complete well-being in a holistic center that is their home I love that and what a beautiful explanation a holistic center that is their home I guess you know like your journey like many people listening we come to things because that's what we need and then we can help others with those things you talked about mental health sometimes being a little bit of a negative thing that people talk about. Mm. What is it, do you think, about those words that has that negative connotation? 
I think it's because in the old days, if you had any mental health issues, you were institutionalized, mm. uh, you know, going back a couple of hundred years ago uh, and yeah. probably back in not even so long, the 60s and 70s, people would still be institutionalized if they showed any signs of schizophrenia or bipolar, which bipolar wasn't even a thing there or, um, you know, personality disorders. People would be put into an institution or medicated because there wasn't a reason other than there's something wrong with the brain, let's chop it open and let's have a look and see which parts we can take out and assess. And actually, when you look at people's brain health, mental well-being, it's what has happened to us in the past. What is it that's exposed in your nature nurture to develop signals and brain waves and our neurotransmitters, as you know from psychology? It's about really what happened to us. It's not necessarily nature it can be nurture. It's what have we been exposed to that creates a different brainwave and neurotransmitters. Again, it's like, you know, what's happened to us? What have we been exposed to? What stressors have we been exposed to? And it all affects our central nervous system because there's even studies have done where it's post-traumatic stress disorder now or complex stress mm. disorders. And I don't even like the word disorder either because it's very much a diagnosis yeah. thing. Yes. <laughs> It's more of a dysregulation than when you say disorder, you think you've got something wrong with you or disease that, you know, you're, it's instant. So I, I personally like to look at the whole person and think what has happened to you, not what's wrong with you. And this is very much a Gabor Mate thing, you know, what's happened to you rather than what's wrong with you. You know, if a child behaves indifferently because of perhaps ADHD, which is now more familiar and neurodiverse, you know, people assume that that child is naughty or being difficult. And actually, they just need to be supported in a different way, not handled in a different way or managed in a different way. They need to be supported in a different way. Yeah. And I really believe that. And I believe as well, like with, you know, I realized or recognized actually over the summer, I was talking to somebody and they were saying, you know, like when you send your children to their room and and I'm like, I've never sent my children to their room. Now I'm not saying that I am a parenting expert, but for me, when there's a behavior, it's like, well, where's that behavior come from? So what's going on that has, that has led to that behavior? Because as a child, I mean, my children are really small, like they, they're learning to regulate themselves. They're learning to, you know, but they're still in that very much, they respond or they react, sorry, they react, not respond. And actually it's helping them to understand what's going on as well, because that's where the, that's where the real self-awareness will come in. And, but it's, it's not something that seems as widespread as it could be. Yeah. And that brings us on to emotional well-being and emotional intelligence. You know, a lot of people, and again, a learned behavior. If our parents were not if our parents were traumatized or had intergenerational trauma and they grew up being it's this way or it's no way and very disciplinary without an understanding or an expression of voice from a child, then that comes into the child loses their voice. We go into something different then we work into inner child, especially with, you know, when you look at Carl Jung, how he worked and integrated archetypes. And well, if our inner child isn't able to have a voice or if we're naughty for expressing ourselves, we're put away in a room or we're sent away to a naughty corner for being expressive. Mm. And it's like, therefore, if I behave that way, I'm going to be treated this way. So therefore I won't be myself. I'll create an outer 
an alter ego or an outer body experience that's not true to me. So again, that alters our brain waves. It alters how we develop as a human. It alters our well-being because we lose sense of self. Mm. And when we've lo- when we lose sense of ourselves, what happens? We don't know who we are. We don't know how to be. We learn how to be what's expected of us to behave. So. Mm. You know, um, it, that wasn't really particularly very good English or put together. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we're our voice. I mean, I've worked with many women who have lost their vocal voice and it's in their throat chakra because they're told to be quiet as a child or they're told to just behave or don't do things that way and don't do things this way. And you'll see even with your own children, they're very different. So even though, even though you and Christian are the same people, you may be a different parent because of the age gaps between your kids. And I know for me, I'm a very different parent for my youngest than I was for my eldest because I hadn't dealt with the trauma that I had at the time. And I had to work through it so that I can become a better parent and I'm not a perfect parent by any means. If I could go back, and do it all again. <laughs> not if only. In <laughs> room. Because again, that was a learned behavior that I thought was the right thing to do. You know, and even in the nursery, they would be sent to the naughty corner or to the naughty step or whatever. So, yeah, I think you lose sense of if it's continual until you're a teenager and you're told not to express yourself in certain ways or be yourself. You never truly know what that self is. Mm. Now, there has to be a draw, a line drawn in the sand, you know, of behavioral responsibility for the children. But it's again, it's that as a parent, when you have a greater emotional intelligence and you have a greater sense of self-healing and our body is always self-healing, then I think that's how we become better human beings globally, not just, you know, internally in the family. That's where IFS comes in. Yeah. And it's interesting as well with all of this is that it's like, as you said, you were a different parent to your two children. And I know that there, that there's, a, there's a there's quite five a years. gap between them. Yeah, five <laughs> years. I was like, it's five or six years. I know that. Five years. But equally, it's about us recognising that I think sometimes people listen and they listen to things like this podcast and they go, oh my gosh, I've done X or I've done Y. And then what they do is they internalise that and they make themselves feel bad. And mm. that just becomes more of that cycle of, you know, yeah. rather than going, oh, okay, well, I've made a mistake there. I've learned. I do it differently. That people then use, it, it, it becomes that cycle of making yourself feel bad. And nothing good ever comes from that emotionally. But what about physically as well? When we get into that kind of, abusive cycle with ourselves yeah well it 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 creates self-destruction and it creates dysregulation because you like you say you're beating yourself up so it's not how to feel better that's a case of how to feel worse you know just it's the rumination of I'm a terrible person or this that and the other and actually when you have a greater sense of emotional intelligence and emotional awareness when you are developing as a parent, as a human, as self-development, whatever you want it to be, it's having a reflection to come back and say, I realize what I did and how I reacted. I know now for the next time how I wish to respond should that situation happen again. And then I can take myself into a deeper sense of self-regulation, which is our nervous system, because obviously, you know, in that moment, in that quick moment, we've gone into fight and flight. Yeah. 
sometimes and we're just reactive rather than responsive because something has triggered us because that ammunition is still possibly a little bit live within us rather than calm and it is a learning process and I know for a fact like over the last five years particularly I had to really learn because we had a very acrimonious separation with my boy's father and we've together even though we've separated nearly 12 years I've reached out to make a connection so that the, the children can see even though they were in the middle of warfare during that time of the tumultuous situation that now they can see that actually their parents have grown up and become far more mature and responsible because in that moment when you're constantly in fight you are in fight and your nervous system is just on high alert so you can't necessarily feel better Mm. in those times because you're just in what's next how can I prepare for my next war yeah so there's no time to come down and self-regulate in that and it's so important to you know to demonstrate to like your children or actually we've grown and moved on because what that does is it gives people permission to go well, I made a mistake here. And maybe I maybe I was, you know, we know how emotive relationships can be, don't we? Maybe yeah. I was in that kind of fight stage in my relationship, or maybe it was in my business, or maybe whatever it was. But actually, now we are moving away from that. And I think in a way, like we always say this, don't we? The biggest lessons happen with the hardest times. Yes. If we're able to acknowledge and accept that maybe the way that we were that we were interacting with people wasn't good and then move on from that and attempt to heal I think it's really important to demonstrate yeah and that in you know coming back to the topic of discussion is how to feel better so in those moments of high alert where your nervous system is dysregulated you know we have a sensory feeling we will feel either shivers of cold or a wave of heat and we'll feel the flush and we'll feel the blood and that's your body getting ready to go into survival of fight and flight do I need to run what the hell do I need to do and actually when we can be aware of what's physiologically biologically happening when we become more aware we can go just need to take a pause and Mm. I need to breathe and in, in the height of the moment, sometimes that may not feel the right thing to do when you're not aware of what the right thing to do is because you're in the go. And it's sometimes if we can just take a pause, even silently, in the heat of, you know, having a, a, an argument with the children or a discussion or raising voices and being calm to say, let's take a moment and let's just step away and we'll come back to this in maybe five or 10 minutes. So you, the child gets to have a moment to regulate and do what they need to do. And the parent needs to step away and have a moment to regulate, breathe, calm down the nervous system. And that can make them feel better because otherwise we can go into this destructive cycle, like we say, self-destruction of whether you're a parent, whether it's in your business, whatever it is, I'm going to go and emotionally have a drink because I need a drink now because I'm so stressed or I'm going to enter the fridge because I'm so stressed. So I emotionally eat, which is when you look at it from a sense of how we look after ourselves, it could be seen as self-soothing because in that moment, that's what we need. But when it's a continual pattern, it almost becomes self-destructive and self-sabotaging. 
Mm. If it's continual, we then don't feel better other than a momentary high of dopamine. And then that drops and then we start to ruminate and feel bad, not only for the situation that occurred, but also the response of ourselves of how we went into a self-destructive motive. And yeah. that cycle continues. So that's not yeah. feeling much at all. <laughs> and I can, I, I sit, I mean, I've obviously witnessed that in my own behavior, but also with my clients and my friends, you know, because it's so easy to get stuck in that cycle. And again, it's going back to what we were saying that, when you make yourself feel worse, you feel worse. And, and that can perpetuate that cycle even more, can't it? Yeah, totally. So I think the thing is about, again, keeping on topic, because we could talk for hours and ever. We could, yeah. <laughs> it's like, how do you feel better in that, that moment? And it's not for me to say you need to do X, Y, Z. And it's not for anybody else to say you need to do X, Y, Z. It's about... What does your body, your mind, your connection to self need in mm. that moment? Because it might be food, but if the food is, you know, going into cycles and making you feel bad, what can you do instead? What makes you feel good instead? Is it going into the grass? Is it going for a walk? Is it going into a pillow and screaming into the pillow if that's what's needed? Is it doing some air punches or whatever it needs to be for you that is healthful rather than harmful in those moments because if you need to release the anger you know healthy anger is good aggressive anger that's built up is damaging not only psychologically but also science proves for the liver it has stresses on the liver and the adrenals and so on and so forth but again that perpetual cycle if we are angry because of something that somebody else has done we need to bring ourselves back into that calmness because otherwise, again, that won't make you feel better. You've got increased cortisol. You have adrenaline surging, norepinephrine, epinephrine, all of these chemicals running around your body. When it's continuous, it makes you feel ill. And that's a cycle of manifestation into ill health. So pulling back, calming down, calming down the nervous system, breathing deeply again when you breathe deeply you've got more nitric oxide in your body you've got less carbon dioxide your body is less acidic so again mm. it's not creating more of a chronic illness that can onset to disease because your body is in a state of dis-ease when it's uncomfortable with itself so feeling better could be as simple as just open the window take a breath mm. go and sit in the car Take yourself away from the situation because it's safe to do so. And that's yeah. sometimes, you know, in a when we look at it through a trauma lens, are you safe to leave mm. at the moment? Is it safe for you to leave the child upstairs and you move away and go downstairs? It's just looking and taking a moment because when you're in that stress response and you're on high alert, the hippocampus is affected, the amygdala is affected, the brain waves are affected, as too are your nervous system and learning the coping mechanisms or learning self-regulation mechanisms have a huge impact on how to feel better and I think that that is the it's about the, the real nugget that I got there it's like what can I do that's helpful what can I do that is actually going to enable me to move past this and to move forward and doing so in a space that is safe as well. 
Yeah, it's so important. It's so important that you're safe. It's so important that you feel well in yourself. And sometimes I know, I know for when, you know, kind of go for a run. Okay, if you go for a run, make sure your cortisol isn't surging and you, you can do it. You're not angry while you're running. You're actually enjoying it rather than punishing your body. Or, you know, well, I want to go and hit the boxing bag or something. That's great. But make sure you're doing something that calms the system down as well. Because when you're when you're doing things that are higher intensity, that's great because we're putting the body into a hormesis. So we're stressing it. But if you've already got surges of cortisol and adrenaline and all these things going on, all these stress hormones in your body, and then you're fighting and you're you're boxing or you're doing HIIT training or you're doing something really high, you're increasing that level. But there mm. needs to be a period of time of rest and recovery so the body can come back into a state of homeostasis. And these are the really important parts that our body needs to be in. High levels of stress constantly dysregulate many systems in the body, cellularly and on the nervous system. So finding a balance rather than being in the do, 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 go, go, go all the time. It's like when I feel better, I will do this and then I will do this. And that brings me back into being able to focus more clearly, because when you're on that hypervigilant state of being, your actual prefrontal cortex can't focus properly. So many women say, I can't focus, I can't keep my memory, I can't think straight, I feel exhausted. There's signals that the body's whispering to you that something is in a dysregulated state. Mm. Yeah, and we hear that a lot. And people also talk about that in that kind of perimenopausal menopausal stage as well so it's it's like it's accentuated there even more isn't it yeah especially for women men have different stressors women have different stressors they might be the same stressors but we take them on in different Mm. um, elements you know people say I'm very hormonal well of course because hormones change but I think again that term that phrase has been misconstrued because I'm a hormonal and not really understanding the elements of the hormones that are actually activated from being highly stressed. So, you know, science at the moment is there's over 69 hormones in the body. There's not just estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone. So perimenopause, menopause and postmenopause, when you're thinking about even just those three elements of estrogen, progesterone and testosterone. However, when you are highly stressed, your thyroid is affected. The hypothalamus is affected. These are the hypothalamus is like your regulation part of your brain. So it controls temperature, hunger. Am I am I hungry? Do I need more food? Can I can I regulate? Am I cold? Then it affects the thyroid. And then many women who have had high levels of stress actually go misdiagnosed for thyroid issues. And are just put straight onto a hormone replacement therapy because of their age, or just give mm. way into the hormone therapy, and not really taking a good concentrated look at what's going on with the thyroid, which again is a regulating hormone in the body. So mm. how to feel better is obviously to reduce reduce chronic stress, have good stress, of course, exercise, cold exposure, breathing, those type of things. Right, let's take yourself into a place yeah. and space of safety where you can either sit with yourself and sometimes it's not comfortable to sit with yourself when you're highly stressed either. So it's mm. that mindfulness technique of I just need to be with myself to breathe, to regulate, to just be so that I can feel better, so that I can continue with the rest of the activities that I've got through the rest of the day. 
Mm, such useful things here. So we're coming to the end of the episode. We've got lots of things, like lots of lots of elements that you've shared. What is the one thing that you think if someone takes away from this episode that will help them to feel better? Oh gosh, I have to do one that's really challenging. I know. <laughs> um, I think emotional intelligence. I think that would be my key is emotional intelligence because when you have a higher degree of emotional intelligence, you're already able to start to regulate your nervous system. You're already aware of your reactions and you're you're better equipped to take the reaction back and come back into a response, Mm. which again is self-regulating, which creates more self-healing. So if that was my one thing, that's what I would that's what I would suggest is tapping into emotional intelligence, which enables self-regulation and nervous system regulation. Amazing. Okay. So if people want to find you online, where can they find out a little bit more about you? So the website's currently being done. So by the time this episode gets out, it might be finished. It's very simply www.alisonstockton.com. And on Instagram, it's at the underscore enriched woman. And what we'll do is we'll put all of these links in the show notes. Alison, it's been incredible. There's always lots of takeaways for me, but I love the fact emotional intelligence has come out on top because I think it's something we can all practice. We can all get better at. And it's that journey, isn't it? Yes. I hope that you've got some practical things that you can take away so that you can feel better. If you have enjoyed this episode or if you've got any feedback at all for me, hop on over to Insta, find me at Ruth Kidsey and drop me a message. I will be delighted to talk to you. Take care.